In today's podcast, I will be taking you on a journey through one of my favourite poems, Afternoons, which is a melancholy poem written by Philip Larkin. Best known for his less than cheery observations, Larkin casts a cynical eye on suburbia and the inevitability of the cycle of life. Told through the eyes of an omniscient narrator watching voyeuristically from the outside, Larkin presents an honest depiction of the cycle of domesticity, set in the backdrop of a day and season that is coming to an end. Larkin's depiction of the cycle of life is presented simply in three unrhymed stanzas of eight lines each. The steady rhythm throughout is symbolic of the everyday humdrum of life, whilst its structural regularity links to the inevitability and dreariness of life, told through its succinct and simple observations. Afternoons. Summer is fading. The leaves fall in ones and twos from trees bordering the new recreation ground. In the hollows of afternoons, young mothers assemble at swing and sandpit, setting free their children. Behind them, at intervals, stand husbands in skilled trades, an estate full of washing, and the albums lettered, our wedding, lying near the television. Before them, the wind is ruining their courting places, that are still courting places. But the lovers are all in school, and their children, so intent on finding more unripe acorns, expect to be taken home. Their beauty has thickened, Something is pushing them to the side of their own lives. As we begin our journey through the poem, the best place to start is with the poem's title, Afternoons, which signifies the day is coming to an end. This link to the day's cycle is a metaphor for the everyday picture Larkin wanted to create. This is reinforced as well through the use of the plural to emphasise that the life depicted is ongoing and cyclical, just like the time of day and the seasons. At the start of the poem, the depressing opening line, summer is fading, indicates that the changing of the seasons may be a metaphor for the progression of life, the passing of youth and the setting in of middle age. And here, It suggests that the passing of summer mirrors the youthful flourish of the young mothers, which is fading too. This is the start of autumn, thus the leaves fall in ones and twos. But the implication is that soon they will shed all their leaves as winter beckons. Here, Larkin presents the inevitability of the life cycle through the change of seasons. Although the recreation ground is new, Larkin counters this by describing the hollows of the afternoons, implying that there is a sadness, even an emptiness to these lives. Even the choice of the word assemble suggests that there is something regimented and mechanical about their existence. There is a gloominess to home life, hence they are setting free their children from the confines of the house. This is a dull image that Larkin wanted to portray through his poetry. And so the omniscient narrative voice watches on 
exploring the routines and rituals of the mothers and their children, as his observational lens broadens out to the vision of the mothers supervising their children at play in stanza two. Although not a parent himself, Larkin could be said to be quite perceptive here, as afternoons with very young children could drag into that hinterland between late afternoon and dinner time. He seems to capture that weariness here that many parents could relate to, much like the mundane life cycle that he wanted to represent. In the second stanza, there is an even more unromantic depiction of married life, a key milestone in the life cycle followed by having children. Interestingly, the couples do not actually stand together, but the men linger behind at intervals. Perhaps this is a nod to the women left at home whilst the men went out to work. There is an obvious link here to gender inequality where the men are only behind them, the mothers, at intervals. There is a sense that the men in the relationships have more freedom. Their lack of presence in comparison to the mothers who live out this routine the entire time highlight the social inequalities that would have been relevant at the time. Larkin also seems to be making a social comment about the men being in skilled trades, hence making the assumption that they are not interested in cultural or intellectual pursuits that would enhance the cycle of life. Larkin also referenced the revolution in social housing that was an aspect of life in post-war Britain that Larkin would have been very familiar with. Across the country during the late 50s and early 60s, the government was demolishing run-down inner-city Victorian housing and replacing it with new, modern estates like those referenced in the poem. These modern estates provided less cramped living conditions with wider, tree-lined streets, new semi-detached housing, green spaces and play areas for children. But the narrator soon takes the shine off these as he notes them as being merely an estate full of washing. These young couples are suddenly shackled to a life of domestic drudgery as the narrator narrows his observational lens to focus on one marriage which has also lost its luster or would certainly seem to have since the once cherished wedding album is now lying, abandoned by the television. Larkin could be suggesting here that marriage and children, those normal expectations of society, are not for everyone thus presenting an anti-romantic and unsatisfactory image of the cycle of life for the couple in the poem. Remember, Larkin never married, although he had several long-term relationships. He also seemed opposed to the idea of having children, perhaps because he viewed his own childhood as being exceptionally dull. Although he himself seems disinterested in the idea of these institutions, a theme of much of his poetry is a sadness at the erosion of old values. Post-war Britain saw a change in fortunes and after the initial austerity, production began to increase again and so did prosperity. And newfangled technologies began appearing in every house. Larkin seemed to view the arrival of television as the nail in the coffin of art and culture, as a new pop culture was streamed into every living room. His disdain for the television is gently alluded to in stanza two, where the romantic memories of the wedding album are left lying by the television. The final lines of this stanza suggest that romance has faded. Children and the monotony of daily life has gradually taken the sheen off these relationships, just as the wind is physically ruining their courting places. Whilst this is a depressing thought, Larkin does not wish to sugarcoat the reality of domesticity here. 
to the modern reader living in a world of Instagram and those faking it on other social media platforms, there is something quite refreshing about the honesty and dreariness that is presented. The repetition in stanza three implies that the next generation are doomed to follow the same relentlessly dull fate of their parents. The fact that the next generation are already courting, despite being so young, shows that they will indeed follow the same pattern as their parents. Larkin cleverly uses fluidity in his sentences to show this unbroken cycle. Thus, the structure of the poem perfectly mirrors its content and the context of the society he wished to portray. The poet captures the single-minded pursuit of the children who are so intent on finding more unripe acorns, which shows their innocence. There is a sense of hope where the children in the poem have the power to change the cycle they were born into, although there is a sense that the cycle will continue unchanged. The word expect implies obligation and shows that the young mothers are now slaves to their new families an emotion that any new parent might face now there are others dependent on them. The fact that the parent's beauty has thickened symbolises the physical sacrifice that parents make when they have children. A sense of nostalgia is also created as the speaker reflects on the beauty that has now faded. The final line suggests that the young people are merely cogs in the great machine of life. They have married the women have fulfilled their role, which is to reproduce, and the men have their occupations in their different trades, which keep the economy turning. They have done their duties. Yet still young, there is time to contemplate the void as they wonder, what is it all for? The end of the poem represents a sense of loss that any parent may feel, a loss of freedom and self that means that they simply become spectators who are forced to the side of their own lives. Yeah. 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 Yeah.